You're listening to MOG Channel. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG Channel where we help you to see a real and practical Christianity from God's Word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today we're going to be doing an exposition, a text-by-text exposition on Luke chapter 11. Now, it's going to be dope. It's going to be awesome. So you want to sit tight and enjoy the ride. Now, one thing about Bible study or Bible teaching is that Bible teaching really primarily is to explain God's word. In other words, the information is already in the Bible. What you do is you take it and you explain it. And that's why in Bible teaching, it's very important many times to go over text one by one, like verse by verse with your people, because the explanations are already in there. Your work is like an excavator who goes in there and you excavate what is already inside. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's actually good Bible teaching. That's why you study as a minister. You study God's word. Why? Because you want to unearth, you want to excavate what is already inside. And then you bring, you present that to the people. You see, because on the surface level, just reading the Bible alone, you can't really get too much out of it. But by study, that's why it's called study, right? Study, diligence. You spend time, you go over the text, you read, you ponder, you think, you pray about it, right? You, you, you give it time to sit in your mind. You meditate. What that does is that it opens your mind up to it. And, and this is not unique to Christianity, funny enough. The idea of taking texts like this, muttering, spending time thinking on them is not unique to Christianity. The only thing about it is that Christianity is the truth because you can meditate on the wrong thing. You can meditate on anything. But when you meditate on the truth, then you begin to see the results in your life. So on to Luke 11, which really is just a text on prayer. Okay, so it says, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, that's Jesus, when he stopped that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And so I want us to notice one or two things here. It says, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. In other words, what is supposed to happen with disciples? Disciples are meant to copy their master. And so Jesus was praying. They were not praying, right? And said, they said, the disciples of John prayed. John taught them how to pray. Actually, one or two of Jesus' disciples were John's disciples formerly or previously. So he says, John teaches his disciples to pray. But we see you praying a lot, but we don't pray. So teach us to pray. And that's a good thing. That's actually something a disciple is supposed to do. A disciple should be observant. A disciple should realize that there are things or that by following, followership means observation. Followership means copying. Followership means inquiry. There are things as a disciple that you can only pull out by inquiry, by asking questions. Oh, sir, why do you do things this way? Why do you do things that way? How do you heal the sick so easily? How do you cast out devils? How do you raise the dead? How do you come and teach us the word of God so well? You see, that's where a teacher now begins to open up some extra information. This, are, this is stuff that you cannot get unless you're a disciple. A disciple has inner access to these kinds of things, can ask questions. You can hear a sermon. For example, you can hear this podcast episode I'm, I'm sharing 
And I mean, that's all good. That's all nice. You can learn a lot from what I'm sharing. But there are people who are close to me. There are people who are my disciples who have access to me more. I mean, you can hit me up on IG and answer your questions. There are people that are under my authority, under my authority. They obey my instructions. Such people have more access to those inner things that make my Christianity work. Of course, I share it generally, but there's all this inner core knowledge that you can only get as being a disciple. And that's why the goal of Christianity is to raise disciples. Are you a disciple? What does that mean to be a disciple? Do you have someone who is training you and helping you to grow in the gospel? Are you seeing that? That's actually the purpose of every church. Being part of a church is to be a disciple. It's not to just go there for ceremonial purposes on Sundays, hear a nice sermon and go away. No, it is to make you a committed follower of Jesus Christ. That is the purpose of being in a church. Many times we have that backwards today, but that's the purpose of being in the church, to be a disciple of Christ. Okay? So he said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So on the other hand, if they never saw him pray, they would never ask. Are you seeing that? Because you see, being a discipler is leadership. Being a discipler is leadership by example. They will see you do it and ask. You have, <laughs> let me say this, as much as the word of God is the word is the word of God, you don't have a right to be telling your disciples to do what you're not doing. No. They learn by study of the word. You, you teach them the word. They also learn by your example. In other words, you now take them, let us go and do this together. If you've taught them prayer by the word of God, you now go with them to pray you train them to pray and then you create a system of prayer in other words every tuesday we're praying every thursday we're praying every saturday we're praying stuff like that that is actually the responsibility of a pastor you teach then you train then you create a system around that thing if it's soul winning you teach it then you take them out to win souls and then you create a system around it that is how you actually do things as a minister of the gospel okay so he was praying and they saw him praying, and then they asked. So he said to them, when you pray, say this, our Father in heaven. So the first thing he points to is the fact that God has now become what? Our Father. The fatherhood of God. Praying without understanding the fatherhood of God is dangerous because you are going to be limiting what you can receive from God. You're going to be limiting your potentials. When you are not sure of who God is to you, um, what you can ask for is limited. Are you seeing that? It's just like now, if you have a father, right? And you know your father loves you and everything. You can ask him for many, many things. But you see, if it is someone else's father, you'll be very careful about what you ask for. Because to you, it's not your father, right? So because he's not your father, he does not have the responsibility or the obligation to answer your every request. But you see, he points to the fact that God is what? Our Father. My Daddy. So he says, start with that. Our Father. God is what? Father. God is Daddy. So if he's my Daddy, I have the right to ask him, like shamelessly ask him for anything. Are you seeing that? If you've ever observed a child or you have a child, or eventually when you will have a child, you're going to see that your child does not... All the child knows is, yeah, daddy, daddy has everything, daddy knows everything. That's, that's all that concerns the child. She doesn't care about the rest of the other things. You know, many times, if you can just learn to be like children, we'll be better Christians. Just children don't care. A Christian will come and say, oh, Lord, all, all my sins are ever before me. Lord, we have sinned against you in the way we move and do. And we did it. You, you just 
plaster your sins all over the place. You blind yourself to God's grace and love and you can ask for nothing. No, be like that child and ask for anything. So he says, this is our father, what in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay, your kingdom come, your will be done. I've explained this in previous podcast episodes. I'm not going to go into that because the idea of the kingdom is just simply put. Bible just clearly said that the kingdom is not here, that the kingdom is in you. In other words, when God's kingdom comes into you, I'm talking about the spirit of God. Paul reiterated this again by saying that the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom of God is in the Holy Ghost. So in other words, you can see that from this prayer, Jesus is actually praying a prayer that is going to happen in the future. God is not their father at this point. God will be their father when the spirit of God comes into them. I see that. So for us, the prayer point is valid. For them, he taught them to pray it in the sense of the future. Right? So he says, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom, what? Come. The kingdom had not come at that time. In fact, when Jesus would send out his disciples to preach the gospel, he would tell them to preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's near. It has not come because Christ had not died. Without the death of Christ, the spirit of God had not or was not released to mankind to come and live inside us. Are you seeing that? Okay. So he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says, give us this day or day by day our daily what? Bread. So in prayer, when you have access to God, provision is something that follows. Provision is something that follows. It now says, and forgive us our sins. This is actually going to happen, or was going to happen when Christ rose from the dead. When he died for our sins, the Bible says he died for our sins according to the scriptures, right? And he was raised for our justification. So his death in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is the provision of forgiveness of sins. Okay, he now says, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, right? And I've said before that this text here cannot be talking about believers. Why? Because of the fact that if you look at um, Ephesians 4.32, it says, um, it talks about loving kindness, tenderheartedness, forgiving one another, even as you have been forgiven. In the new covenant, we forgive because we have been forgiven. We don't forgive to be forgiven. In the old covenant, under the law, you forgive to be forgiven. But in this new covenant, that is not how it is. Okay? It says, and lead us up to the temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Actually, we have actually been delivered. The Bible says we have been delivered from what? The power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Are you seeing that? So all the prayer they're praying there was actually more about what was to come. What was to come. Are you seeing that? What was to come. The access to God as our father, right? The God's kingdom coming into our hearts. Our sins being forgiven. God's provision, right? Deliverance from Satan. Deliverance from self. Okay? So, verse 5. And he said to them, so to reiterate or buttress or further explain what he just shared with them concerning prayer. Because you have to ask, so what is prayer? Prayer is fellowship. Prayer is communion with God. Prayer is also asking. Are you seeing that? So in other words, God is our father. He establishes that and there is a relationship between father and children. And based on that relationship, children can ask for anything. It is actually the responsibility of of the father to make provision for the needs of the children and even once it is responsibility so god is our father he is responsible for that so see what he says in verse 5 and he said to them which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him friend lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and i have nothing to set before him and he will answer from within and say do not trouble me 
The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you or I can't rise and give it to you. But just now says in verse 8, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend. Okay? He says, yes, because of his words. Now, he says, it says persistence here in Luke, the book of, that is sorry, in the New King James. But this is why we love the old king. That's the King James proper. Because the King James gives you the true rendition of the text. Right? It gives you what? The true rendition of the text. That's what it does. Because this one, it says here, it says his persistence. So you now think, okay, the way, the reason this guy received is because of his persistence. But no, see what it says here in the King James. Actually, the King James, the word in the King James is anidia, right? Anidia. And the meaning of anidia is importunity. And importunity means shamelessness shamelessness in other words what is this, this jesus saying about this guy that this guy has zero shame how can you at night at that time of the night you just stroll to your neighbor and begin to knock his door at maybe midnight with his children in bed everyone is asleep and at night you are knocking on neighbor's door because of your own needs that's the shamelessness. Maybe we should look actually look at what <laughs> it means to be shameless because, like, I, we can understand the surface level, but I think a dictionary just helps us to to do all that stuff. So shamelessness, that's just interesting. Shamelessness, okay? It says a person or their conduct characterized by or showing a lack of shame. That is, if I'm trying to get to the word shameless, okay, let's see what shame means. Maybe we can we can understand it better um let me see okay so shame is actually a feeling of a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior so <laughs> so i guess uh, okay let me see if there's a, what they call the thesaurus that will give us other words for shame okay so shame is humiliation embarrassment okay uh, yeah i like the word embarrassment actually so it's saying here that so shameless means without embarrassment in other words your actions are supposed to embarrass you don't embarrass you you are not aware of the consequences of what you are doing you are not aware of your foolishness you are not aware of anything you are shameless you are just you understand you are just, you're just bold and shameless you, <laughs> you don't have any regard for the consequences of your actions in a sense like that or, or what your actions are doing so I mean how is his neighbor supposed to feel it's not proper according to custom and tradition it's not proper at least are you not considerate concerning at least let your, your friend can wait you know this people are asleep but he says because of the way he says his friend will not get up and open that door for him because of the fact that they are friends if his friend wait wait, wait, wait wait but his friend will open the door for him why because of his shamelessness like just that brazen shamelessness of just coming at that time you've already come <laughs> okay now just just take and go just go now why is he actually saying that he said okay he says okay i said to you he will not just rise up and give it to him because he's his friend yet because of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs so why is he saying that he's saying that because of the fact that remember he's talking about prayer and he's actually talking about the attitude we should have towards God when we come to him in the place of prayer. Right? In other words, we should be shameless. You know the shame. Like when a child asks a father for something, he's shameless. You see that? He's shameless. He doesn't, you know, it's not that they're on bicycle. Whether you have the money for it or you don't have the money, he's not thinking about all that stuff. He's just thinking about the fact that I want a bicycle, you're my daddy, 
where's the bicycle finish that is actually the 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 attitude we're supposed to have towards the lord because god is god you know he's not even a natural dad that can disappoint us and all that i'll buy you this and maybe we cannot get the money for it god is god he has access to everything so there should be freedom to ask him there should be a belief in his willingness to give us you understand so let's read further verse 9 so i say to you so we say based on this based on this act of shamelessness i say to you what ask and it will be given to you are you seeing that who will give your father ask and your father will give you seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives so if you don't ask you don't have <laughs> if you don't ask you don't have the ones who know how to ask are the ones who get look at the prodigal son and that his brother he asked and he got the prodigal son was saying you did, papa you didn't even give me one goat just one goat one goat are you seeing that he didn't give one goat what was the problem he has a an orphan kind of mentality he has a bastard kind of someone that be like he doesn't have a father but the other guy was like dad i want half of everything give it to him that's the that's the way god is lavish with his giving that's the way god is lavish to his children he says for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks to be opened if a son asks for bread from any father so you know is that comparison between father and child he says will he give him a stone so if you ask god for something will he give you what will he do he'll give you he says or if he asks for an egg right will he offer him a scorpion <laughs> if then being evil if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him right bible actually tells us clearly that him if if god who don't hold his as actually romans 8 that he didn't withhold his son but gave him up for us how much more will, will he with him freely give us all things are you seeing that yeah so definitely we are seeing at the basis you know of of our asking god is relationship we have relationship with god god is our daddy he's not a stranger he's someone who loves you and he has given you the spirit, the most precious commodity in the universe. The number one thing that he has, he has given to you. So how, how can you doubt that he'll give you anything else? The same way he gave you salvation. The same way he gave you Christ. The same way he gave you forgiveness of sins. The same way he gave you his spirit. The same way he justified you and made you stand before him guiltless, blameless, righteous. Those are the highest things he could have ever given us. So, what is a car? What is a house? What is food? What is a phone? What is school fees? What is rent? What is all those things? He'll give it to you. Can you be shameless enough to ask? Can you actually be daring enough to just go boldly before your father and ask? You see, that's what God is looking for. He's looking for people who are bold enough to ask him for anything. And not just material things. Right? Can you ask God for your country to be saved? Can you ask God for your, fam your family to be saved? Can you stay in place of prayer for them? God is looking for people like this, okay? So, I hope that this helps you reflect on a lot of things, all right? To reflect on a lot of things. This is where we're going to be stopping for today. There's much more to read and study, but I just wanted to point that out to you. Probably I'll name this the shamelessness of the believer or something like that, all right? But I hope you get the point. All right, guys. So, that's it for today. Why don't you take out time to share this with someone else? I'm, I'm sure it's going to help the person in his or her perception of who God is. 
Hallelujah. All right, guys. Have a wonderful day. God bless you and bye-bye. If this blessed you or you want to say hi or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram at pst.essien, pst.essien. Also, if you've been blessed and you'd love to support what we do here at MOG Podcast, then you can give to 0106-207-685. I'll say that again. 0106-207-685 GT Bank. God bless you.